Welcome to Mortification of Spin, the casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Let's join this week's conversation. Welcome to Mortification of Spin. My name is Carl Truman, professor at Grove City College in Western Pennsylvania, and I'm here with my usual co-hosts, Todd Pruitt, pastor of PCA Church in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Aren't I good? I remembered it. Exactly. You remembered it, yeah. That, you remembered that it was PCA and in Virginia. I, I, I did. Um, you, you, you're not embarrassed to be referred to still as a PCA pastor? <laughs> I, I'm, yeah, I'm still yeah. hanging on. Excellent. And Amy Bird, a housewife theologian and resident of somewhere in Maryland, I think. Mary Land. Mary Land. That's such an awful, such an awful American accent. (laughs) Well, you you seem to add syllables where no syllables exist. Oh my goodness! My my name my name is Carl, but I actually when Americans ask me what my name is now, I say Coral. C O R A L. Because it's the only way they can understand. Uh Coral. There's, a, there's an extra syllable in the way the Americans pronounce it. Yeah. Interesting. So, anyway, we've run out of things to say after three or four or five, six, seven years of doing it's this. Probably seven, yeah. So we, we are actually resorting to answering viewers' questions and giving this, <laughs> this pretense that we actually care what people think. So Todd, I believe you're our point man here. Fire yeah. away with some viewers' questions and yeah. let us give the world our wisdom. Well, I'll tell you, I'm going to be nice and and brag on our listeners. We have the most brilliant uh, podcast listeners out there, and who don't forget who, to mention the donation button. Well, you know. And yeah, exactly, <laughs> I won't. I won't. Uh, but uh, we do get numerous questions, some of which we're we're going to have to put on hold until later because they'll actually require a little bit of research. And so that that gives you an idea of how brilliant our listeners are. But true, yeah. one mm-hmm. one question that popped up that had us all interested has to do with searching for a pastor, a church searching for a pastor. And the question is, what would you tell a church uh, that asked for wisdom when looking for a pastor? What would you ask? What are things you want to avoid, etc.? cetera? Um, and so lots of churches looking for pastors, always going to be the case. Uh, lots of churches that have been through heartache with bad pastors. Lots of churches stressed because they've had a, a really good faithful pastor, and now they're hoping to get the next version of the same guy who just left. Uh, but uh, where would we want to begin in giving guidance to, uh, let, let, let's say, uh, uh, we're sitting down with a, a pastor search committee? What are some things that uh, that we would want to uh, hope that they are sure to look for in a positive sense and things that might serve as possible red flags. I think on one level, and this is not talking about a specific character trait or that, but one thing that churches should do, which employers now do as standard, and that's look at the online presence of the person concerned. Uh, what are they up to online? What are they writing about? How do they talk about other people online? How, what views are they expressing on particular issues? That's not to prejudge any of that and say, you know, if he's saying this, you, you don't want him. But it's to say, you'll, you'll get a decent uh, idea of somebody's character and how they handle criticism and how they interact with other people by looking at their online presence. So I would suggest that should be a, a big part of it now. Yeah. Uh, and you see that across the board. I mean, um, my sons have noticed that, that employers, 
in, um, you know, jobs that don't necessarily have nearly as high a stakes as like a pastor or upper management somewhere or that sort of thing, um, or, or, or a teacher, you know, obvious ones where you'd want to look at their uh, social media footprint, but on uh, jobs that don't have nearly that, that broader reach in terms of the impact on lives or looking at, uh, at, at online activity, because there's a lot you can there's a lot you can tell. I might qualify that by saying, you know, everybody is capable of making one, two, right. three right. stupid comments on right. But yep. it's patterns of behavior you're looking yes. for. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody has a particular, you know, you're not going to fire, you're not going to hire somebody as your pastor who's putting up a racist tweet every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you're looking for for patterns. How do of they engage? Is it in a helpful yeah. way? Um, are they an oversharer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, how do they treat people? Do they treat people with dignity? Are they like always trying to get into a battle online? I see it's alarming to me how many church officers do not treat people well online. And that I'm putting that very lightly. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. But are downright slanderous and hateful. Exactly. I just, um, just, uh, just yesterday or the day before I had, had to um, delete a series of comments from another pastor in my denomination who got on my Facebook page and, and really began attacking me very personally, somebody I've never met before. And it was all, it was all due to the fact that I posted an, an article, um, actually a very, very graciously written, very carefully worded article um, in response to a situation um, in one of our churches in St. Louis right now over hosting some plays that were pro-transgender. Uh, a brother in our denomination wrote just a very, very careful, v- actually very gracious, but clear article on that, something that I didn't really think would be very controversial. And another PCA pastor got on and, and just began making some really personal comments towards me. But that's the sort of thing, unfortunately, that will come out of some folks on social media. And like Carl said, we're all capable of, you know, in the heat of a moment or when we might feel particularly attacked to sometimes attack back. But, but it's patterns that you, that you want to look for. What might be some other red flag issues? On social media? Not, not social media, but now uh, more broadly, if moving out right. beyond looking at social media stuff, what might be some other red flags? If, if he's married, I would say talk to his wife when he's not present yeah you probably want to talk to the two of them together but the wife has to be a fully on board with the idea of a call it's not going to work and b you know does he treat his wife with respect does he love his wife does he care for her you know again as with social media we're all capable of behaving like jerks on occasion but does he generally cherish his wife Mm -hmm. yeah one of the things that we added just a couple of years ago to our um, elder selection process. Uh, we go through a year long process with nominees. And one of the things we added just a couple of years ago was that we, we've always asked the candidates or, or the nominee's wife, you know, what she thinks about it. But, but we thought we needed to, to go deeper and, and maybe give her more opportunities to speak into that. Because sometimes if you just sit down for a brief meeting and say, hey, you know, is your husband a real creep? You know, you may not always get an accurate answer, but, but one of the things we did was, and, and to keep this from being too much of a stressor on the wife, but, but still trying to see them together is, is uh, dinner together with uh, two other couples, members of the session, and in more relaxed atmosphere together, 
uh, to just start having conversations about their relationship because, and, and the whole goal of seeing, is this a man who loves his wife well? Is this a man who appears to be gentle? It, because sometimes in some of those situations, hey, uh, come over to our house or, or you know, in a, in a month from now, uh, two of our elders and their wives are going to want to get together with you at, at your home. And those can be stressful events. And, and, and it's really actually quite intentional to help see in a situation that could be a little awkward, um, what does that show about this man's temperament um, with, with, his, with his wife? And we also talk to the wife individually. And, and again, you know, bad people can still slip through a process like that, but we have found it to be really helpful adding those, those elements just to try to discern his, his character. Absolutely do that. What would you, Amy, from a woman's perspective hate to use that phrase, but you're a lay person. I'd want to know, well, first of all, obviously you're going to want to listen to some sermons. Yes. Um, uh, that's very important. Um, what is this person's vision as a pastor? Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of different visions of leadership. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so to make sure that that goes well mm-hmm. with the vision that the church already has, mm-hmm. I think is pretty important. Yeah. And, and also um, how they relate to other people. You know, like their wife, obviously, is, is a good indicator of how they'll relate to other people. But then in general, you know, is this somebody who is more self-important or maybe even just doesn't reach out very well, doesn't observe, doesn't yeah. walk into life in the church? Right. Obviously, the study is an important place to be. But I think pastors, you know, hospitality is a great mm-hmm a great thing. And, um, so yeah, how, how many friendships do they have? Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, kind of thing. I think that's a great question to ask, you know, ask them about their practice of hospitality. Mm-hmm. And, and we all know that there can be certain seasons in life where it's harder th- than at other times we get that. Maybe there's a sick child, maybe they're taking care of a, of an ailing parent, you know, mm-hmm. who they just moved into their home or something. But in general, what has typically been their practice of, of hospitality. And I think that's where you get at, you know, Amy, you talked about, you know, what is your, what is your vision for being a pastor? And, and I'd want to bore in on that, on things like to, to try to listen to language. Does this person uh, think about themselves in, in terms of CEO categories or, or, or biblical shepherd categories, mm-hmm. right. you know, as they explain what they believe the work of the pastor is, yeah. Are you hearing someone who understands that role in, in biblical mm-hmm. categories or more secular worldly categories? Yeah. And I mean, I think the church in general has seen, you know, so many waves of the, the culture kind of defining pastoral vision in a lot of ways. Yes. We've, we've been through like the seeker sensitive and the emergent mm-hmm. and so many pastors get sucked into that kind of stuff. And then they come right. in with this agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, but then even, pastors who aren't and they might have two solid visions but they don't Mm -hmm. work well like um you know i've seen churches fall apart or pastors split ways like the pastor and the associate pastor over two different visions of where they see the church headed yes and it's incompatible and it can be within our confessions and everything else but um yeah you know i've seen just that be a factor of the vision In fact, um, you know, I've talked before about a church I served in the Philadelphia area for um, a little under five years before moving into the PCA. 
And I have no wh- idea where you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. And, and one of the things that I found out after, it, it took me a while because I think I was pretty naive, is that there was a deep division between where I thought the church wanted to go and what I thought was expected of me mm-hmm. and where at least half of the session, half of the, they didn't call themselves the session, but half of the board of elders believed that the church ought to be. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't even know it until probably about a year and a half. Um, a lot you of should, that. Was, you should have looked at the preaching roster <laughs> before you took the call, because it was clear that there's 50, 50. <laughs> there, I, I, I won't I mention found that days, out. Oh, but it I was clear it was 50, 50. I found that out after, after getting there. And, and, and what was interesting then is you had a, a body of elders that did not agree on which direction the church should go and what the doctrinal identity should be. They did not agree. In Mm -hmm. fact, there was a deep division. The problem is they didn't talk to each other about it. And so when I came in there, I became the dividing point. Um, I became kind of a lightning rod because a group of them identified with me and what, what I thought our identity ought to be. And another group thought, um, you know, that I had dinner with, with Satan every evening. And so, <laughs> and, and so, but you know, so, so yeah, church needs, and, and, and if a church is, is, is going to talk about these things to their pastor, uh, let's say you have elders, boy, uh, I would say to a pastor, pastor, you need to make sure <laughs> that the elders of that church are speaking with the same voice and are, and are of the same mind because right. you don't, you don't want to walk That's into a situation where, yeah, where the elders are divided. And the, I mean, I think it's important then when you are putting together a pastoral search committee mm-hmm. to have some good representatives yes. from different. Um, yeah. Shouldn't just be the session. Yep. Right. Yep. Shouldn't just be the session. Yep. And, and check the man's shoes as well. You can tell oh, a lot no. about the man's character. <laughs> <laughs> Any man turns out wearing those white canvas things that fall apart mm. in him straight away. <laughs> You know, one of the things I appreciated about coming to Covenant Presbyterian Church is that is that they had appointed uh, the, the the session had appointed a uh, a pastoral search committee mm-hmm. um, made up of some members of the session and some people that were not uh, on the session, men and women together. And and the reason why I felt good about that is because I knew that a a broader cross section of the church was right. being represented in the people who were talking to me. Yeah, I think that's important. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was good. I would encourage that kind of thing. And yeah. if you don't have that depth, I mean, I, that could be a warning sign for the pastor. Well, that's <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true because uh-huh. he because he, he yeah he needs to ask because because you know is is there is there conflict between the session and the congregation? Yeah, yeah. Because um, sometimes that's the case, and mm-hmm. and he needs to know what he's walking into. Um, or it just if, might be one type of church, you know, yeah. that only mm. is welcoming to a narrow group of people. There might be a lot of invisible fences that you don't know about walking yes. in. Yes, yes. Um, what, what might be some other ways that a, a church can kind of discern the, 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 the character of the man they're talking to? Because let's be honest, you, you don't know the guy for a while. After he gets there, you, you don't know him before he starts. I don't care how many meetings you have with him. You still don't know him. And, uh, and, and I don't think there's any r- way to fix that. But are there, you know, we, we've talked about looking at online activity. We've talked about um, 
kind of observing, you know, how does he appear to treat his wife, to speak to his wife, you know, is there gentleness and love there? Um, what might be some other ways, uh, looking at, obviously, looking at his preaching, not only for for the biblical faithfulness to his preaching, but does he harangue the flock or does he preach mm. to the flock, you know, in, in all of the ways that the, that the word ministers to us, correction and encouragement, et cetera. What might be some other ways to judge the character of the man? Well, one, one of the qualifications in the New Testament for eldership is of good reputation with those outside, i.e. with non-Christians. Yeah. Now, how one gets to that may look different in different circumstances, yeah. but I, I think I'm right in saying that the PCA for licensure ordination require a reference from a neighbor or, some, or an employer or something like yes. that, somebody who's not part of the church. So That's correct. I would say, you know, if it's possible to to get a reference or to speak to a friend or an employer mm-hmm. the person has uh, who's not a Christian or not part of, of the church he's coming from and is able to speak to his character. Mm-hmm. You know, again, sort of common sense. It's yep. a, you know, in, in the outside secular world, we must take up references. Take well, so up I references. was a, a reference yep. for a young man who was being ordained in the PCA um, who I knew pretty well from my last church. And, um, the church that was he was candidating for called me as well mm-hmm. and as the reference. And um, they asked some really good questions. They asked, obviously, what he has to offer mm-hmm. to be, you know, mm-hmm. in a good way. But then they asked, what are his weaknesses? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's a good thing to ask the candidate himself. Asking you for a reference would be the obvious one. <laughs> oh, man. I would have thought. character. character. But, um, yeah, so, but the questions were very good because I felt like if you ask the candidate themselves what their weaknesses are. Yeah. And then you ask the references what their mm-hmm. weaknesses are. Yeah. And compare those two together. Yeah. Um, Yep. That would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, very. Carl, you brought up uh, how the PCA does it. I, I forget how many, but I had, to, I had to put several references down of people who are not, who are not in my church, um, but just other acquaintances. I had to, put, I had to have several, and, and that was good. I mean, I remember yeah. putting the names down and going, you know, because I had never thought of that before. I thought, yeah. oh, okay, so yeah, um, that would make sense. And I, you know, I gave them some names of guys that have known me for a long time. Yeah. I had an interesting sort of version of that recently. I had to give, this, and this person is a former student of mine. He doesn't know that I was a reference for him. Mm-hmm. But I got called by a church where their practice, it's a PCA church, their practice is to take the references that the candidate supplies and then to ask the referees mm. to name a reference. for the So it adds a kind Maybe. of, it's not just yeah. the, the self-selected guys that, the person thinks it can trust, mm-hmm. but it's there's one step removed. And I thought that was interesting yeah. as, as a way of going about making sure that the references are perhaps right. a little more not random, but a little broader and a little less self-selected little yeah. than they might be. Yeah. Another good thing is like, and you know, my daughter, she was just interviewing for uh, a job at UREC at JMU, and it's hard to get in there. And yeah. so, so she got an interview, which was hard to get to that level. But then there were four different stations for the interview. And I think at least two of them were situational things. How is she going to handle mm-hmm. the situation of somebody using the equipment wrong, you know, mm-hmm. and different stuff like that. I mean, I think it would be really good to ask some situational questions. Yes. Um, somebody about moves discipline, in. about yes. a personality stuff. Um, you know, there's so many 
crazy situational things that pastors have to deal with. Yes. Somebody tries to hug me. What am I going to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for the door, punch them in the face. Tell them you have coronavirus. That would have to be a real now, test. My, my actual strategy was to stand there rigidly and try to pretend it wasn't happening. <laughs> <laughs> On the grass, it, it all went away in a few seconds. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I would ask, I would want to explore with a guy, um, a pastoral candidate, what what have been your most painful experiences in in pastoral ministry so far, yeah. and and just talk about how how have you navigated those things? Yeah. Um. How how's that affected uh, relationships and how you think about the church? Ask his wife about the the, the wounds he has suffered, um, uh, because that you know how we how we think on those things and how we deal with those things yeah. reveals some things about our our. Our character. I, I, you know, if if he says he doesn't really have any wounds, I'd go, hmm. You know, he, he's he's either completely out of touch, not honest, or uh, you know, Brand whatever the case may be. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, but yeah, ask about um, about his 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 biggest wounds, his biggest hurts, his biggest disappointments um, in ministry. Another thing I would I would say is, once a candidate gets to observe some things in the church, meet some people on staff, that kind of thing, ask him if he has any thoughts about what he would want to change. And the reason why I throw that out there is that typically a wise pastor is not going to rush in and change 10 things in his first month, um, un unless there's just outright, you know, heresy going on, that kind of thing. Five uh, years. Build yeah. personal capital. Yes. Don't do anything for far, unless you have to. Discipline unless there's something you, yes. Discipline or heresy. Yep. Un unless there's some real things, if you know that you feel uh, uh, personally are, are matters of, of, of real principle, um, you, you want a guy who maybe demonstrates a, a bit of, of patience. Um, and again, that goes to care for the church, you know, of, okay, there are some things probably I see that, that will need to be changed at some point, but I also need to love these people that I'm going to. And if I change it all at first, I, I might've followed a principle, but one principle I have missed is, is how to shepherd, you know, the flock in a, in a wise way. So, you know, is this, is this guy, does he seem to be really rash or does he seem to be patient? And you want somebody who's going to be patient. You also should look at his library. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Can you send me some shelfies? <laughs> yes. I like that. I like that. Yeah. And, and if he has a copy of Republicrat by Carl Truman, <laughs> that should be your first flag. Yeah. And if he doesn't think The Godfather is the greatest movie ever made, that's also a sign of weakness. True, 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 true. Is, is, he, is he able to quote from The Godfather? And, and if he can't quote a single line from The Godfather, that is I'll not your man. never make it through session. Yeah, that is you know, not your man. I asked a cl two classes today. Has anyone seen The Searchers? Oh, nobody. yeah, John Wayne. Nobody had seen The Searchers. Wow. No, I was impressed. There's one girl. Not only did she identify. I'm using PowerPoint now, by the way, in case I hadn't mentioned that. Ident not only identified Ava Gardner the other week, but also identified Audrey Hepburn and George Papad today. Nice. So there are some cultured kids out there. In yeah. This barren wasteland we call 21st century America. Yeah, and can I just add that George, the high point in George Papard's career I know what you're was his say, role man. in the A-team. The A-team. I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I would put that up with Walker, Texas Ranger. The only thing that would have made it better is if Chuck Norris had been in the A-team. That would be, that oh would be the greatest. That would be the greatest. Well, before we close up, and you're talking about teaching, Carl, I was wondering, like, what kind of reputation do you have over there at Grove? Are you oh, like a hard professor? Are you difficult? 
They, you know, they love, are the, you the students UVA? love me. They love my colored pants. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, you know, oh, I'm adored. I'm, well, yeah, wherever I teach, oh, I'm my yeah. adored by administration. <laughs> you know, How did this man ever get a pastoral job? More, what are your weaknesses, more of the same. Carl? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. people, uh, you know, actually, so, people are actually saying the weather's improved slightly in Grove. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, 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 the birds sing sweeter and the sun shines brighter since yeah. Truman showed up. Yeah. You know, I will say that when I'm asked about my weaknesses, I, I'm, I'm pretty blunt about those things. You know, I work too hard. I serve too much. Um, I, I, I care too deeply. You do. You, do. you know, I, I volunteer too often. Yeah. You know, yeah. big yeah, you weaknesses. You find the humble them. brag pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, think too, I think too deeply. Mm, yeah. I think too deeply. So, mm-hmm. Yes. Too good of a friend. Um, <laughs> like Nietzsche's yeah. madman, your time has not yet come, Todd. I <laughs> well, I think I've had enough of this conversation, so I'm going to wrap things up here and tell our listeners thank you for bearing through those last couple of minutes yes. of mortification of spin. And feel free to um, you know, send me some emails of Carl and Todd's weaknesses um, in podcasting, and we can go over those as well. You, you could probably get our weaknesses in on tweets because they limit the character number. Oh, okay. It's just not that Just much tweet to talk weaknesses about, so the whole public can see them. That would be better, actually. Yeah. And thank you for listening again. And don't forget to cruise on over to our website at mortificationofspin.org. Um, you could leave a donation there. We are listener supported. You can also go over to wh- wherever you, whatever app you like to listen to podcasts on and leave a review of our podcast. I hear that that's a really good thing to do on all the other podcasts <laughs> that I listen to and that it helps get more viewers and more exposure. Apparently we're a bunch of amateurs over here, so exactly. we don't say those things enough, but I'm going to say them. So please do that as well. And we look forward to talking to you next week. And he's all so good. And he's all so fine. And he's all so healthy in his body and his mind. He's a well-respected man about town. Doing the best thing so conservatively. Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. To read more on hard-hitting topics like this, visit the podcast page and blog at mortificationofspin.org, where we'll have links and other articles from Amy, Carl, and Todd. And while you're there, please subscribe and consider making a donation. We'll talk to you next time on Mortification of Spin. I have an idea. Yeah? What's your idea? The next time we record, can Carl not have anything in his hands? <laughs> that he's that he's snapping it's my, it's snapping my, and clicking and Inuit knife. And then my, my laser pointer. Were you ever diagnosed with ADHD? As <laughs> a child. It's a fidget I, spinner. My yeah, wife yeah. is always kicking me in church because I Bam my legs up uh-huh. and, so and I was the, the rhythm the during the call. Oh, you, you spin your glasses. You spin your yeah, glasses I do that by in the class leg. All the, time. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the two things the two things Carl does while we're recording is he's snapping that thing and then the other thing he'll do is he'll breathe real heavily in the mic when yes! somebody else is talking. <sighs> <sighs> do I? I, I was you moan. <sighs>
you'll 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 you'll, you'll like sigh real heavily <laughs> into the mic. Now you know the pet peeves, Carl. Oh, uh, uh, Some of the my, weaknesses. My weaknesses, yeah. <laughs>